<clears throat> okay, good evening everyone. Bruchem Abam, Shem Aleichem. This is uh, going to be our last Wednesday night trip before Purim. Haba Aleinu Latoiva. So it better be a good one. And uh, we're going to speak about um, a subject relevant, of course, to Purim and also to uh, events that are happening in the world to try to gain some kind of perspective of uh, the role of what's occurring in the world in our uh, national destiny, and so forth. So, let us begin. Um, the Shurim on Sefer Vayikra are going to be sponsored graciously and generously by our dear friend, um, Dr. and Ms. Dr. Zakheim, Le'iloi Nishmas, Shloima Eliezer. I don't have the sheet in front of me. And Le'iloi Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvia, Halevi, um, their neshama should have an aliyah, be yisham for their whole family, Abi Asko El Tzedek. Tonight's share is also sponsored as a chus, Rafur Shalema, by Dr. Tonight's shear is sponsored by Kenny Pinsauer, Yadidi, the author of Enoid Movadai, as a chus for Shalema for his mother, Dina Baschana, and also sponsored as a chus for a shidduch for Sarah Bas Ruchama Hoda. And um, we thank all of the sponsors of tonight's share. If you are not yet prepared for Purim, that is because you have not yet purchased the concealed and the revealed. You might have Shalach Manus, you might have a costume, but you don't have this book yet. And even if you have this book, you might not have this book. So you got to have, you got to get both of them. You know, there's there's good stuff in both. What's in one is not necessarily in the other. Okay, Marv Rabbi Fasten your seatbelts. I was so uh, stirred by this year. I said, you know what? Hashem should give siyat to the Shemaya. We have to have another one. So maybe, not obviously not next year. You can't sell another book on Purim next year. But after tonight's year, it's going to completely, completely revolutionize our understanding of uh, current events and what's unfolding in front of us. I want to begin by discussing the following uh, subject. There's an individual who plays a major role in the Purim story, and not only doesn't get a lot of credit, he's a, he don't get no credit. Nobody even talks about him. And I think we could argue after what we're about to learn, he is the central figure in the Purim story. Who, who's he talking about? Uh, Mordechai, he's, uh, he's the hero. You're not talking about Haman, Achashverosh, Esther. Oh, he's played Daniel. No, 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 I'm not talking about Daniel. No, we already... Charvoina. We covered all of them. Elio Anovi, you know, we have a shir. Elio Anovi makes a number of appearances. This individual, as we're about to see, plays the central role in the Purim story, and nobody ever says, Baruchim, Zochur Latoiv, nobody says, throw him a donut, nothing. He is just completely under the radar. Says the Gemara Megillah, now, where did the whole story start from? The whole story began, Achishosh made a party, and they started a conversation who are the most beautiful, Noshim, and Achashosh was uh, boasting about his wife, and they said, really? Okay, so let's take a, let's look. And uh, she wouldn't come. Why? Says Machlekes in the Gemara, and Megillah Yudbeis on the Beis, Rabbi Yossi says she became a leaper, she got saras, and in a Brisa we taught, she grew a tail. Fine, that we all know. But who made her grow a tail? What do you think, she just grew a tail? She just took a tail pill? And, you know, how did she grow a tail? I mean, 
You don't grow a tail, so oh. how did she grow a tail? It's like a reptile. Says the Gemara, Ba Gavriel Gavriel came. Now, did you ever wonder about this? What in the world is Gavriel doing? What he's he's like the Malach Hamamuna over tails. Whenever you need a tail, yeah, Gavriel will c- come right in there and produce. I mean, Gavriel is the Malach of Midas Hadin. Right, the Gemara says Michal ba'achas Gavriel b'shnayim, and the Marshal explains because Gavriel's midas hadin, so he pauses in between his mission. So here, what he's doing is he's rescuing Klal Yisrael. So you would not expect this to be the job of Gavriel. I would have expected Michal to do this. No, Gavriel's making the tale. Fine, and I start to think: Is Gavriel? Does he do anything else? He literally is behind the scenes of every single episode in the Megillah. It's unbelievable. You could learn the Megillah every year. You could delve and this and that, and you come to the Megillah again. It's Ke'ilu. You never saw it before in your entire life. Watch this. The Alkut Shemini says that uh, Haman needed to build the gallows, so he didn't have enough wood, so he took, a bo- he took a por- apart his back porch, his achsadra, and then he wanted to have one good ship to hang Mordechai on. He took a kites. And he's trying to see if Mordechai would fit on the kites. So he measured himself up, like to see, you know, he was like trying it on for size. And says the Medrash, Gavriel came and he said, Haman, you're trying this on for size? Good. We're glad it really fits you perfectly because this kites has been destined for you. So Gavriel's already there. He's like, you know, paving the way for the hanging of Haman. Then, the Yaakov Shemani says this, and also Medrash Abba Goryan, Achzirj couldn't sleep. Why not? Why couldn't he sleep? Says the Medrash, Gavriel Gavriel came down, he was like smacking him. He was jumping on his head. He took his head and he smashed it against the floor 366 times. That could do the job. 366 times. What's 366? A leap year. What? A leap year. A leap year? <laughs> Could be. A solar year with, with the quarter yeah. of the day. If you add the day... For every day of the year. He said, you ingrate, people try to help you, and you never rewarded them, you never took care of them, he took his head, bam, 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 like a, like an arava, like an oiska hakta, oiska shmater arava. He smacked him. Achashosh woke up in the morning, he couldn't, he didn't know if he was coming or going. So who woke up Achashverosh that he should start to think, how could he reward Mordechai? Good old Gavriel. He's back in action. Gavriel. And then the Medrash, uh, there's a Medrash called Ponim Acherim, it's brought in the Sefer Sifre Agadata, that Gavriel couldn't sleep because he knew he had a job to wake up uh, Achashverosh. Now watch this. So Achashverosh is sleeping, and then he can't sleep because Gavriel's banging his head 366 times. Achashverosh had to enter concussion protocol. <laughs> he couldn't play. NFL didn't let him play that, that week. And what happened? So he said, read to me from the Sefer HaZachoynes. So the Gemara says on the Pasuk, And he found that it was being written. Ask the Gemara, it should say, He found a writing. What do you mean he found it was being written? 
Melamed, we see Shashimshai Moichek. Shimshai, the son of Haman, he was erasing that Mordechai saved the king's life. You know, the king said, okay, tell me every good thing that anybody did to me. And Shimshai is, uh-oh, this says that Mordechai helped out the king. This is not going to be good for us. So Shimshai took out his big eraser, his big yellow Persian eraser. You know, the big yellow Persian, I just totally made that up, right? He erased it, and he, um, and who came and wrote the Sefer Hazachroinah? Says the Gemara, the Gavriel Gavriel. So who's saving Mordechai's life? Who's, who's invoking the Zchus of Mordechai? Gavriel. So think about what he did. He made Vashti grow a tail. He woke up at Hashem in the middle of the night. He's writing on the document that Mordechai saved the king's life. Now this, this is unbelievable. What is the most important moment in the Megillah? Esther says to the king, King, you won't believe it. Ish tsar v'oyev, haman this evil man, Ahasuerus couldn't take it. He was, he was furious, so he ran outside. He took a breather, and he's out in the courtyard, and the angels are chopping down his trees. And he comes back in, and he sees that Haman is on top of Esther. Says Targum. Why would he do that? Is he out of his mind? Says the Targum, someone pushed him on top of Esther. Who pushed him? Haha. <laughs> Who else? Gabriel. Says the Medrash. Says the Targum Mekin Targum. Umalka Tov Berizche Migimsa Gava. The king returned in anger from his garden. Leves Meshtaya the Chamran to back to the party. Veho Gabriel Malocha Dechaf Yos Hamon Rashia Vechamamalka Vaman Gochen Alei Derakshu the Yestela. He pushed him on her. I mean, he's doing everything. He made Vashti grow the tail. He woke up on the middle of the night. He re- rewrote the Sefer Hazachroinus. And he pushed Esther on top of Haman. And then I saw Rav... Rav uh, the other way around. Right. <laughs> right. There you go. The Rav Ruven Margolius has a Sefer called Malachi Alyoin. They once asked Rav Kanievsky, what does he do if he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like, you know, about to fall back asleep? What does he think about he says he thinks about the names of the Amoiram. The Rabbi Magolis wrote a sefer about the names of the Malachi Hasharis. And he has an entry on Gavriel, and in his entry on Gavriel, he lists the five things that Gavriel did in the Purim story. Number one, he made Vashi grow the tail. Number two, he measured, he was with Haman when Haman was measuring up the thorn that he was going to hang Mordechai on. And he woke up the king in the middle of the night. And he woke up in the middle of the night. And he rewrote the Sefer HaZachroinus. And he pushed Haman Alester. And then I realized, you know what? I think he did some more stuff. He did more stuff. Because the Pasuk says in the beginning of Parak Dalet, O Mahar Dechai, Yodaz Kosher Nasa. Mordechai knew what was going on. Rashi says he knew that Hashem was maskim. Hashem consented to the plan of Haman that because the Jewish people bowed down to the Tzalman in the time of Nebuchadnezzar and because they were nana from the Suda of Ahasuerus. And how did Mordechai know? Look at Rashi. Bal The master of dreams told him. Now here's the question. Who in the world is the master of dreams? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
So the many many ask, why doesn't Rashi just say Mordechai knew Baruch Hakodesh? He was a navi. Well, why does he have to? I mean, did you ever hear that a navi knew something through the master of dreams? First of all, who in the world is the master of dreams? And why didn't Rashi just say he, he knew Baruch Hakodesh? He knew it Nevuah. By the way, some midrashim say who told him Elio Anavi. But Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says the Baal HaChaloim. Who's the Baal HaChaloim? Zayar HaKadosh says, Gabriel. <laughs> I mean, he's a guy, the man's everywhere. He's doing more stuff than Mordechai. I mean, Mordechai, what did he do? He couldn't make Vashi grow a tail. Gabriel, he, he got a... I mean, that's impressive to get a tail going. He's just there, right? Yosef's wandering, and he finds an ish, and then Gabriel says, where are you going? I'm going to Dois, okay, have a great day. You know? He's not, he's not meddling around. I mean, you ever see Gabriel meddle around like this? What's going on over here? By the way, the Meshachachma also says, the Baal HaChaloim is always Gabriel. So I thought that maybe this is the reason why when Yosef was coming to the brothers, what did the brothers say to Yosef? Hine bal What does that mean? Because who did Yosef just bump into? He met the bal hachaloim. So the brothers were saying, what are, you, what are you so busy with your dreams? If you're meeting Gabriel, Gabriel probably already told you what your dreams mean. So I see he, uh, there's a sefer, Pe'er Mekdoshim, he brings from the Kolboi. I don't know what the Kolboi is, al Torah. But he brings this idea that that's why the brother said, So basically, six of the key moments in the Purim story were executed by Gavriel. We never even heard of him before. I mean, you ever, you ever see, oh, we ever speak about Gavriel, what his role is in a particular narrative, and he's doing everything. Producing the tale, waking up Achashverosh, writing the Sefer HaZachroinos, pushing Haman on Esther, telling Mordechai what's going on, this is, this is a very busy in the Purim story. Doesn't, Na- doesn't the Malach usually have only one shlichus? I guess one at a time. He's doing a, Well, in this case, he's doing a lot of things over here. <laughs> okay, here is... This is the seminal question in history. So this is not just one particular shear. And the truth is, we're going to learn two Gemaras now. We're going to ask a question on both. We've given in the past a completely different approach. But in light of more recent events, I think perhaps there could be another way to approach this. The Gemara tells us in Masechta by the Zara that in the end of days, HaKadosh Baruch is going to take a Sefer Torah and he's going to say, whoever learnt this, come get reward. So all the nations are going to clamor. Syria, North Korea, South Korea, the Philippines, Crimea, Moldova, Poland, they're all going to say, look, we'll, everything we did is so Jews could, they run out of Russia and they learn Torah in our country, in Moldova, they learn Torah in the Ukraine. They, everything we did is so the Jewish people could learn Torah. So God, first of all, says, one at a time, stop pushing. We can't, yeah, we have to do this in an organized manner, one nation at a time. So the Gemara says they line up, and the first nation to come before God is the most chashiv of all the nations, and that's Rome. Why are they? And we know they're the most chashav. We have Rias. The Gemara brings Rias that Rome is the most chashav. And God said, "No, what did you do?" So they said, "We made marketplaces and stores, and we amassed gold and silver, and everything we did is so the Jewish people could learn Torah." 
And God said, you fools. You made stores to situate prostitutes. You made bathhouses to delight yourself. And money, all money belongs to me, said God. What does that mean, all money belongs to God? Money's not, it doesn't even exist. Today the Tao is here. Tomorrow it, it could be 5,000 points higher. It could disappear. It's only God owns uh, money. Now it's interesting, the Briskarov says, would say, God did not tell the nations of the world, you're liars. He told them, you're fools. Yes, everything the nations of the world do is so that we should learn Tyra. It's just that's not their kavana, so they can't be rewarded for it. So that's why they're fools, they're not liars. Next, so Rome walks out dejected, because God said you never learn Tyra. And next after Rome comes Paras, Persia. And the Persians say, now who are the Persians compared to? We know in the that Daniel had a prophecy, and in the prophecy he saw the Persians depicted as a beast. Which beast? The bear. Because they're... The Russians are the bear. They're fat like a bear. And they're hairy like a bear. And they're corpulent like a bear. So God tells the Persians, No, what were you involved in? Oh, we made a lot of bridges and we waged a lot of wars and everything we did was for the Jewish people to learn Tyra. And God said, You fools, you made bridges to collect taxes, you waged wars to capture... And the money belongs to me, and the wars belong to me. Therefore, get lost. I'm not giving you any reward. Ask the Gemara, why are only... And once the Romans and the Persians are pushed away, all the other nations run away dejected. Ask the Gemara, why do Rome and Persia enter first? Says the Gemara, because they're chashev. Ask the Gemara, why are they chashev? Says the Gemara, Dehanach mashchi b'malchusayu ada'asi mashicha because Rome and Persia will last until Mashiach comes. Now the obvious question here is, okay, Rome, you could say the Roman Empire, the spiritual heirs of the Roman Empire is the Western world, United States of America, so the USA will last until Mashiach comes. But Persia will last until Mashiach comes. You know when the last time there was a Persian Empire? In the times of Achashverosh. And then the Persian Empire was destroyed. And if you want to find anything about the Persian Empire, you go to the British Museum and you could find a mug, the handle of a mug that possibly Achashverosh once used to drink hot chocolate. That's the relic that we have of the Persian Empire. The Persian Empire was conquered by the Greeks and they're crumbled and they fell and they don't exist anymore. And don't tell me Iran, Iran has nothing at all to do with the Persian Empire. They're not ethnically connected to the Persian Empire. They're not, they don't descend from them. Iran today are of Middle Eastern descent. They changed their name, 1939. There you go. So, what does the Gemara mean that the Persians will last until Mashiach comes? How will the Persians last until Mashiach comes? And this is a question we discussed in the Sefer on Pesach. Tahare Paras, Nafla B'Yad Yava, number 13, Batla, Malchusam, Bimei, Binyan, Bayasheni. And, by the way, the approach we've always said through the years is based on the Maral, that the Maral identifies that why of the four Golosim do we never talk about Yishmael? Right, we talk about Babylon and Persia and Greece and Rome. What about the Yishmaelim? And the Maral says, Yishmael is Persia. 
Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Yishmael is Persia. Of course. Okay, we spoke about it many times. Yes. And we also asked on the Gemara and Yuma. The Gemara and Yuma brings a famous Machlekes, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yochanan against Rav. The Gemara says, in the end of days, there'll be two nations standing. Rome, now let's assume that's USA, and Persia. And one will destroy the other. Now you want to say it's Iran and USA? Nah, it's pro- Persia is not at Iran. So you have two nations that will stand at the end of days. USA and Paras. And Persia. And who will destroy who? So Rabbi Shoban Levi says, Rome will be obliterated by Persia. Uh, USA is, is going to be destroyed by Persia. And the Gemara brings proofs that um, Rome will fall into the hands of the youngest of the, the sheep. That's a reference to Persia, which comes from Tiras. And that is also the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, because Rabbi Yochanan says, He says, Who built the first base Hamikdash? Klal Yisrael. Who destroyed it? Bavel. Bavel was destroyed by the Persians. But the second base Hamikdash, which was built by the Persians, and the Romans destroyed it, certainly the Romans will be destroyed by Persia. And that is the um, opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. And Rav says, no, Rome will destroy Persia, USA will be standing last. So we have a major machlekes. Who's the last nation to stand? The last two are Rome and Persia. And it's the machlekes, who will be standing last? And again, the question is, how could you say that the last two nations standing are Rome and Persia? Persia fell 2,000 years ago. So in the past, and I think this is definitely true, we said from the Maral that Persia is Yishmael. And the end of days, there'll be two superpowers. The Western world and the Arab world. And it's a big machlek as who will destroy who. By the way, Rav Chaim Kenevsky Paskins, Yishmael will destroy the Western world. And he learns, sorry, I mean, I'm not here to make anybody feel good. I'm just trying to give a shir, right? <laughs> Rav Chaim Kenevsky says, that's the Pshan Chagadya, that Chagadya has eight characters. Each one of the four Golosim could be broken into two. Bavel Kazdoi, Paras Madai, Yavan Moikdam, Edoim and Yishmael. And the last one standing is Yishmael. Yishmael then falls, and then Mashiach comes. This is the approach we said in the past. But I think in light of recent events and something I saw from the Vilna Gain, there may be another way to view this. Please take a look in the Gemara Numa, number 16. I'll tell you a little story. There's a sefer called The Book of... Daniel. And in the 10th chapter, we read about an angel. His name was Gabriel. And Gabriel was sent on a mission. God told him, Gabriel, go into the Holy of Holies. Go on top of the Aroin. There's hot coals on the Aroin. Pick up the hot coals. Drop it on Jerusalem and destroy Yerushalayim. So what did Gabriel do? He went to the Holy of Holies. He asked the cherub on top of the Aroin to pass him the coal. Says the Gemara, had he not done that, Yerushalayim would have been destroyed forever. But in the meantime, when the cherub, when the chruv picked up the hot coal, his hands cooled off the coal. So then when Gabriel took it, it wasn't so hot, so Yerushalayim wasn't completely destroyed. They then call out to Gabriel, Gabriel, what do you do? You, sh- you didn't listen to Hashem. If you're not going to listen to him, then don't do anything. Why didn't you just play it cool, wait a day or two, maybe Hashem would calm down. But you, what did you do? You went ahead and you altered what Hashem said. You, do, you went ahead and you took the coal, but you didn't do it the way Hashem wanted. So Gabriel, you're out of here! And they took Gabriel, 
and they threw him out of the Shemayim. They threw him out Me'achori HaPargod. He like, he was like, Mi Bachutz. What happened here? This is the best. <laughs> no car, one second. Ooh, the card is full. Okay. Well, we'll do it again some other time. But they told him, what's going on over here? You know, you're not listening to Hashem. So they took Gavriel and they threw him out. They threw him out. So now, meanwhile, Gavriel is, uh, he's waiting on the outside. And who do they replace Gavriel with? Listen to this. It says, Gamar Yuma, Andaf Ayin Zayin. They took a malach by the name of Duviel. You ever hear of him? They took a man by the name of Duviel. You know who Duviel is? He's the angel of Persia. And they put him in charge of Yushalayim. And he sat there in charge of Yushalayim for 21 days. And they, he, and now Duviel is like taking control. He said, okay, I'm going to sign some documents now. From now on, all the Jews have to pay taxes to the Persians. And he signed that. And then he wrote, all the Tamidei Chachomim have to pay taxes. And they signed that even the Torah scholars have to pay taxes. Meanwhile, Marv Rabbi Gavriel is standing outside and he can't bear it anymore. The Jews have to pay taxes and Tamidei Chachomim have to pay taxes. It's not right. So Gavriel calls out in the merit of the wives of Tamir Chachamim that they stay up late taking care of their households while their husbands learn, please spare the Jewish people, and he was ignored. And then Gavriel said, I don't understand. This Daniel over here, Ishchamudais, if you take all the sages of the nations of the world, he would outweigh all of them. So God says, who just defended Klal Yisrael? And they pointed to Gavriel. Oh, you defended Klai, so get back inside. And they brought Gabriel back inside. And Gabriel saw that this Duviel had these documents that he was going to be charging taxes to the Jewish people. He wanted to rip it out of his hands. So Duviel took the documents and he swallowed them. And the Gemara discusses the possibility that when he swallowed the, the documents, the seal got erased, so they weren't so conclusive. And uh, the bottom line is the Gemara says that's why Bizman says some rabbis pay taxes in Persia, some don't because the the sign got a little muddled by this Malach Duviel. Who's this Malach Duviel? Who is this guy? What did he do exactly? Why did he take the place of Gavriel? Apparently, the Malach Duviel is the angel of Persia. So why is he called Duviel? Says the Gemara in Kedushin. That when Daniel envisioned Persia, he envisioned Persia as a bear. Because the Persians, they eat like bears. They drink like bears. They're corpulent like bears. They're hairy like bears. Says the Marsha, that's why the angel of Persia is Duviel, Doiv Kale. It's the divine bear. It's the big bear. The angel of Persia is the bear. Very interesting. Rabbi Avram Galante one of the great Mekobalim, he says, from here we see that the nemesis of Gavriel is Duviel, and the nemesis of Duviel is Gavriel. 
Now it should be clear why in the Purim story, Gavriel is doing everything. Because right now what's at stake is the continuity and the viability of the Persian Empire. So therefore, who's going to be you, so who's going to be challenging the viability of the Persian Empire? I mean, it's Gavriel versus Dubiel. So for the first thing he has to do is he has to knock off Achashverosh's claim to the throne. So he has to get rid of Vashti, so he makes her grow a tail. And then he has to promote Mordechai. So he makes sure that the king can't sleep, and he writes Mordechai's Zuchusim, and so on and so forth. And Gavriel is instrumental in the Purim miracle because basically the Purim miracle brought an end to the Persian Empire. And the Persian Empire is governed by Duviel. So who's going to be instigating and they're going to be the main antagonist to Duviel? Gavriel. I think that's simple. Next step. You, you, said, you said before that at the end Yishmael will destroy the, the West. That's what that was. I said that many years ago. Now I'm saying a new thing. So I'm just yeah, telling yeah. you I once. So, so, so Yishmael will destroy the West. No, yeah. How will Yishmael fall? Mashiach. Mashiach ben David. So yeah, well, that's the people. that's the classic approach, but I'm not here to tell you that. That you have to go ahead, you have to get Magaroi on Pesach. So Rabbi, so Putin is a messenger. I'm not up to who's who's the, who's that. I'm not up to that. Now I'm up to the Gemara and Bab Says the Gemara Metziah, Elio Anovi used to come every day to the yeshiva of Rabbi. One day it was Rosh Chodesh, and he was late. Rabbi said, "Where were you?" So you won't believe him. You know what I have to do every day. I got to wake up Abraham, wash his hands, daven with him, and put him back to sleep. Then I got to wake up Isaac, wash his hands, pray with him, and put him back to sleep. Then I got to go to Jacob, wake him up, wash his hands, daven with him, and put him back to sleep. By the time the day was over, uh, it took a long time to do it. It was a long davening. So Rebbe said, why don't you just wake them all up together and have you know one session of davening with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? Says the Leo, because if they would all daven together, it would be so powerful, Mashiach would come. So Rabbi said, is there anyone in this world today that they could daven together and bring Mashiach? Leo said, yeah, Rabchia and his sons. So Rabbi made a fast day. He got Rabchia and his sons together. So they said, okay, no, let's, go, let's get going. So they said, Mashavaruch, and there was a hurricane. They said, Mardagashem, and there was a tsunami. They're about to say, Mechayim Isim, and God said, no, 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 we're not ready for this. So they told, God said, who told, who told Rebbe about the secret? They pointed at Eliyahu. They took 60 lashes of fire and they whipped him. And they said, Eliyahu, you got to stop this. So Eliyahu appeared like a fiery bear. And by the way, I, I always find that when the fiery bear appears in shul, it's very distracting to the davening. <laughs> it's very hard to have kavana when a fiery bear appears. No? You're able to? I am the fiery bear. <laughs> and the fiery bear distracted them, and they couldn't daven. Says Marshall, what's this fiery bear? The fiery bear is the Persians. What that was saying was, we're still in Golos. We're still, we need to be subjugated by the Persians, and therefore it's not time for Mashiach to come. The Persians in the time of Rebbe? I mean, what, what's this message that the Persians are the last, you know, we're not ready for Mashiach because we have to be under the, God, we are, uh, the jurisdiction of a fiery bear. So there's a, uh, everything we learned until now was as a hakdama 
to put into context something that's been circulating. A, lot, a few people sent this to me. First, uh, my friend Rabbi Yaakov Grant. And I was trying to see if there's any basis for this idea. But there's one word in this quote from the Gra that's actually quite remarkable. This is uh, an excerpt from the writings of Moshe Sturmbuch in 2014 when Russia invaded uh, Crimea in 2014. And Moshe Sturmbuch says that we have a tradition from the Gra. We see Russia is prevailing, getting stronger. They, they conquered what is called Chatsi Ha'ei Karim. Leave it to modern Hebrew to come up with the most bizarre expressions. Right? You know what an E is? An E is an island. What's Chatsi Ha'i? What's half an island? It's a peninsula. <laughs> In modern Hebrew, Chatsi Ha'i is a peninsula, the Crimean Peninsula. He says we have a tradition from the Gra that when Russia is misgaber, Tumah will prevail. The Gra said Russia is the Klippa of Duviel. The Gra said that Russia is the Klippa of Duviel, which is the Klippa of Persia. That's what the Gra said. And they're also Catholic. And so you have some Yavan in there and some Edoim in there. And then he quotes from Yitzhak Isaac Chavar, a student of Rav Chaim Velazhner, that he told his student, Rav David Luria, that if the Russians conquer the city of Crimea or the peninsula of Crimea, you could expect Mashiach to come soon. And the Dayan in Brisk said that there's a, a tradition from the Tamide Hagra that when Russia will prevail, Russia will, will sort of flicker before the coming of Mashiach. And there's another story from the son of Chaim Velazhner who was very afraid of the Russians, so he sent a, a message to the Regina, and the Regina said, Russians? I don't like the Russians either. I hate the Russians. They are the epitome of Tuma. I just want to focus on one thing. The first point, I think, is a very salient point, is that if you look in the story of the Megillah, even though he's obviously behind the scenes, a major player here is the Malach Gavriel, and I think the reason for that is clear, because since him and Duviel are, so to speak, the two antagonists, he's always opposing Duviel. We see that when Gavriel was kicked out of Shamayim, Duviel took his place. So in the Persian Empire, the Malach that will try to exert itself to try to bring the downfall of the Persian Empire will be Gavriel. But we have these two very enigmatic Gemaras that tell us that right before Mashiach comes, there'll be two nations. One is Rome. So let's say that's the USA. But how in the world can the Gemara say, what does the Gemara mean? That before Mashiach comes, Persia will be the other world power. There ain't no Persian Empire. But according to the Gra, what is the Persian Empire? That is the power that is controlled by Duviel. If we say, like the Vilna Gain, again, I don't know what the basis of this Gain is. And the only source I know of is quoted by Ramosha Sternbach. And it's also brought in a Hasidish Sefer called Damsel the Summer. So I'll say like this, in Kabbalah Hinekabel, if there's such a tradition, then let's use it. And could it be that's what the Gemara means? And the end of days, there'll be two powers left in the world. There's Rome, USA, and there's Persia. Who's Persia? USSR, Soviet Union, Russia. Who says that? The Vilna Gain. And now the question is, who will destroy who? 
Will the Paras destroy Raimi? Or will Raimi destroy Paras? Nobody ever said this share will help you sleep better at night. <laughs> it might. But that's a pretty eye-opening possibility to say that the two Gemara, that the two nations that Shas is constantly talking about will be clamoring and fighting and waging war on the end of days. Usually we say it's Agadata, we have no idea what it means, it's a secret, maybe. But again, we have a, we have a tradition from the Gra that Russia is the Klipa of Persia. And even though there's no Persian Empire, certainly Russia is uh, rearing its head and trying to uh, exert itself as one of the main powers in the world today. So I want to conclude with a little story. Now if you hear the story and you hear me say it on Shabbos, make believe you never heard it before, okay? And I'm going to say it on Shabbos with more detail, but I want to just tell you the basic facts over here based on, uh, to put it in the context of what we're learning now. When Yaakov wanted to be with Megala the, the case, the case yeah. what, what was wrong with, with him being Megala the case? What's Nothing. Wrong, what's wrong with that? Nothing. So why was it held back? They took it away from him. Why? Different reasons. Give me one reason why he can't be Megala the case. <laughs> What's wrong with knowing when the chef will come? One of the meanings is that he saw they weren't getting along and they weren't the achdos, so he, he basically was telling them, you're not going to deserve it. You're not ready for it. In other words, it was withdrawn from him, the possibility. It was very removed. But again, we see throughout the Gemara, you know, nobody knows exactly when it's supposed to come. But please listen to the story. Okay, um... We'll, we'll end off with this. You know, people think that the Germans invented the idea of systematic killing of the Jewish people. The Germans did not invent that idea. That idea was invented by the Russians. In the 19th century, in the 19th century, the Russians had a plan to exterminate all, all Jews in, on their, in their region. The plan was they would kill a third, they would convert a third, and they would uh, expel a third. The Inquisition was the first to expel to expel a third. No, no the, the systematic yeah. camps camps to eradicate Jews was invented by the Soviets. So by 1920, two million Jews had already left the Soviet Union, and uh, the only thing is the Soviets weren't that good at it, mm-hmm. but the Germans were much more uh, efficient and they perfected it. Then, for the last 50, 60 years, the Soviets have been the main funder of all Arab aggression in the world. So S- Stalin brutalized the Jewish people through communism. He w- and uh, mysteriously, he's the one who funded the War of Independence. And the reason why we won the war is because Stalin gave us ammunition and because he recognized the state of Israel in the UN resolution. The reason for that is one of the greatest miracles in history that he figured Israel would be socialist and communist. But he made a mistake. It would just be socialist. Mm-hmm. And then in 1953, he saw Israel wasn't going communis- uh, communistic. So he uh, created these trumped-up charges on a bunch of doctors. And he was going to uh, convict them of murder. And then because of that, he was going to eradicate between 2 and 4 million Jews in Russia. Uh, Stalin put into place the final solution for the Jews of Russia. This is fact. He had, in place, he had the outline, he, had, he built the camps, 
He built the railroad systems. This was going to start on, I believe, you have it in your, on your sheet over here. This is from the biography of Rabbi Yitzchak Zilber. This was going to take place on the 6th of March, 1953, after these doctors were converted. And at the time, it was February 1953, the 28th day of February. The doctors were convicted. Were convicted, right. It was February 28th, 1953. And Rabbi Zilber was in a slave camp, slave labor camp. And it was Shabbos, Erev Parham. And Rabbi Yitzhak Zilber is telling the inmates um, about the story of Purim and how God rescued the Jewish people and saved the Jewish people and he could do it again. And there was a guy there who, he had a big temper and he was already uh, in a, he, ha- he had a 10-year sentence in the slave labor camp. His name was Maranovich. And he said, Rabbi, what are you telling us? Boba Meisters of what happened 2,500 years ago. It's, it's not relevant the, the bottom line is Stalin has put into place a plan to kill three... Now, Stalin killed 20 million of his own people. Stalin made Hitler look like a... Stalin killed 20 million people. He expelled entire nations. The people of Russia were slaves. They were owned by Stalin. He made them a slave community. And this Maranovich tells Rabbi Yitzhak Zilber, okay, it's very nice, God saved us 2,500 years ago, but we're in big trouble today. Because he has the railroad system, he has the tracks, he has the camps. He's, his plan was he was going to ship everyone off to Siberia. The temperature there was between negative 76 and negative 94 degrees below zero. Yeah? Your freezer wouldn't even know what to, you know. And Rabbi Yitzhak Zilber said, at 7.50 p.m. That Stalin is only a Basar Vadam. And nobody knows what could be the next moment. And this Maranavir says, Stalin, he's strong like an ox. What do you mean he's a Basar Vadam? He could carry this out like nobody's business. And Rabbi Yitzhak said, no human being knows what will be even in a half hour. That night was Purim. That night they heard on the radio that Purim 1953, Stalin stroked out February 28th. Days before, these doctors were going to be convicted and the Jews of Russia would be trained off to be killed in Siberia. When was the downfall of Duviel in 1953? Of course, Duviel always goes down Purim time. Is there any wonder? Now, this is a special pre-Purim handout. Say, the Malach of Russia is the bear? Anybody know what the, the mascot of Russia is in the, in the Olympics? You know, what's the guy's name? What's the bear's name? Here, take a look. I have some good cartoons for you. Check this out. Here. So, when Napoleon, you know, when Napoleon came into Russia, what was his big mistake? His big mistake was he went beyond Moscow because no, nobody gets past Moscow. So they had a cartoon of Napoleon coming to Moscow. Little Napoleon getting swallowed by what? A lion, a tiger, a snake, by the big bear, Russia, by Duviel. Now watch this one. Look on the right-hand side. In the English satirical magazine, 
with the Russian beer sitting on the tail of the Persian cat. <laughs> Almost indicating, you know, Russia's going to take over the uh, Golos Paras. It's just a theory. This is what the Vilna Gaon says, that the klipa of Paras, the klipa of Paras is Duviel, and the klipa of Russia is Duviel, and Russia somehow was Yoresh, the klipa of Paras. And if we accept that, then when the Gemara says in the end of days there will be two nations, Roimi and Paras, could it be that the Paras the Gemara refers to is none other than Mother Russia? And in that case, just like Duvia went down the first time on Purim, and Duvia went down, I don't know, 70 years ago on Purim, there's more where that came from. And we hope HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring uh, to us also, Laihudim, Haisa Oira, Besimcha, Besasa, and Vikar. Kain Tia Lanu, Afrilchim Torah. Amen.